Was that absolutely amazing, Paul Smith? Let's stand and give him a round of applause. That guy embarrasses Paul McCartney. And I don't know if you realize this or not, please be seated. Paul Smith, this guy used to pack out stadiums and arenas, legendary. I've had the opportunity by God's grace and power to travel the world and speak from Korea to New Zealand, from Australia to Paris, from Paris to South Africa, and I've yet to see a church like this. I've yet to see one. So what that means is, that's a good place to clap, what that means is, if you are a part of Fellowship Church, if you're not inviting people to show up here at least once a month, something is wrong in your life. Let me say it again. If you're not inviting people regularly to fellowship, something is wrong in your life. Now, if you're not a believer, if this is your first time here, if you're a guest, chill. And before long, I believe you'll invite others as well. That's why we're one church in many locations. You know, I wanna tell you something about Donald Trump that bugs me. I'm dressed like him right now. Donald Trump makes a horrible, let me just say this, get this off my chest, fashion move. He never buttons his jacket. It looks awful. He walks around like a big old silverback. His tie is about down to his knees. Somebody tell him, button the jacket. Now, Dad, back in the day, he taught me, you know, when you speak, and it's kind of confusing to do the double-breasted, but when you speak or when you stand, watch this. See how much better that looks? Somebody tell Donald Trump that. I just wanted to say that. I'll just talk about the wall, the wall, the wall. Heard about the wall? Yeah, everybody's talking about the wall. Believe it or not, we're gonna talk about a different kind of wall today. You think I'm kidding you. Also, I wanna do some drawing for you. You know, I majored in the fine arts and back in school, I'm very ADD, as you can probably imagine. And I used to do some really, really good drawings in math class, biology class, history or whatever, and I would draw for my friends. I just did it, I just enjoyed doing it. So I wanna draw you something I used to draw back in the day. I've not drawn this in a while. It's going to be the subject matter of today's talk. We're in the book of Ephesians. What is Ephesians? Ephesians is a book in the New Testament. It was written by the Apostle Paul, St. Paul. Paul wrote it to a church in Ephesus. I like the word Ephesus. The last two letters, U-S, us, it's for us. It was for the Ephesians back in the day. Also, it's for us. The church at Ephesus was full of non-Jews, Gentiles. That's very, very important. And the subject matter that Paul writes about is so relevant in today's culture that, well, I'm gonna draw it.
What is that? That is peace. 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 I want to make it really 2017. I'm going to draw some ink on it. I've thought about getting a tattoo. I don't have one. But if I get one, maybe it will say something like, you know, like Lisa or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> We're talking about peace. When was the first time you ever heard about peace? The, the, the first time you ever heard about this concept? Maybe it was in school. Maybe it was someone, you know, saying peace. My first time, I was in the second grade in a cafeteria. I went to Taylor's Elementary School and our principal was one of the most feared people I've ever seen in my life, W.A. Woodruff. He stood about 6'4". He had to weigh nearly 300 pounds, a white crew cut. He, he wore the, <laughs> the short sleeve dress shirt and he left his coat unbuttoned too like Trump. And he had these big, you know, size 14 wingtips and he would walk around the hall and everyone was afraid of W.A. Woodruff. That was back in the day, you'd go to the principal's office and get paddled, and, and the legends were not pretty. Well, one day in the cafeteria, we were having just a great time eating that great cafeteria food and probably throwing food around and messing around, joking around, when suddenly we heard that old screen door of the cafeteria close shut. And we looked up, there, was W.A. Woodruff. A holy hush went over the entire cafeteria. No one made a sound. And there's always that one kid, you know, that says things that no one else would say, who just blurts out things at the wrong time. Now and then they're even at church. And this kid looked at W.A. Woodruff and said, peace, Mr. Woodruff, peace. And we waited to see what would W.A. Woodruff do. And in his big bass voice, he said, peace, peace. That's my first concept of peace because you always wanted to have peace with W.A. Woodruff. What is peace? Some might suggest, oh, peace, that's the absence of hostility. Oh, peace, that's when you have these peace talks and one, one group lays down its weapons, the other group lays down its weapons, and then you have detente. Or, yeah, peace, it's the absence of conflict. Peace, it's when you remain in the marriage even though you want to divorce just for the kids. Peace is, is when this, this person who's an absolute jerk at work, you just don't really make eye contact with them. It, 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 peace, that's, well, that's sort of peace, but see, the peace I'm talking about is something different. The peace that I want you to talk about and think about today is a deep peace. It's the peace of God. We can have the peace of God when we have peace with God. I can have, you can have the peace of God in my life, my marriage, my home, in my career, with my relatives. I can have the peace of God when I have peace with God because 
I'm just gonna tell you, there's a war going on inside of my life. You can't hear it. If you could. We're at war. We're at war ultimately with the God of the universe. Yet God has this peace mission, and the Bible talks about this. He wants us to respond to his peace so we can have the peace of God. Have you made peace with God? That's a great question. So. Think about that, number one, and also think about number two, the relationships in your life. Do you have any hostility, any hate, any, any bad vibes about a person that could lead back to your or my inability to establish peace? Because peace is not soft. Peace is not passive. It's active. I'm talking about peace, peace. When it comes to peace, have you ever just thought about in detailed fashion how the Bible unfolds peace? Think about, let's say, the book of Genesis. Yeah, we're in Ephesians, but let me talk about the book of Genesis. Genesis chapters one through chapter 11. You have... Adam and Eve, and you've got Adam and Eve having peace with God, yet they chose, because even though they had the peace of God, to rebel against God to do their own thing, they sinned. Sin always separates. This is huge. Because when we sin, a wall is built, a wall is erected between ourselves and God when we sin. The Bible says that. The Bible says our iniquities, our sins, have separated us from God. So Adam and Eve, you know, they, they sinned and they messed up. And then, of course, they have some kids, Cain and Abel, and you've got the first homicide, Cain killing Abel over an offering, for that matter. And God looks around and the world is in this spin cycle of sin, so he decides to wipe out the world. Sin must have a punishment. He spares Noah and his family, builds this giant yacht, and after a while, everybody's wiped out. Noah and his family emerge from this boat, and they begin on the spin cycle of sin. Again, these are Gentiles, non-Jews. The first 11 chapters, it's the history of Gentiles. Then what does God do? God does something unique. He starts this unconditional covenant with Abraham, father Abraham, Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, Abraham, God cuts this unconditional covenant with him. Abraham, God says, you're gonna be a blessing. Through your seed, the Messiah will show up. So the Jewish nation begins, you have the rituals, you have the religion, an outward sign of this covenant is that of circumcision. God wants the Jews to show the world the difference. So you would think the Jews would, would have gotten it, 
you think they would have gone, wow, we can look back in the rearview mirror of our history and we could go, wow, man, God is, is amazing. He's awesome. His, his, his love is unconditional. And, and nationally, they, they were pretty good. Ritually, they were pretty good. But morally, uh-oh. What did God do? God sent Jesus to live this perfect life, to fulfill the law perfectly, to die on the cross for the sins of the world, the sins that separated man and God, bridging the gap, that cosmic chasm, doing the, 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 the work of peace. He made peace, therefore giving us an opportunity, Jews and non-Jews alike, to respond to that peace, to receive that peace, and to have the peace of God. Thus the war is over in your life and mine individually. We're carriers of peace, thus it should carry forth in all of our major relationships. That's basically the story of God's peace mission. So you have the Gentiles in Genesis chapter one through 11. You got the Jewish nation, Genesis 12 and following. Then you have Jesus, a Jew, and the Bible says very clearly, John 4.22, jot that down, salvation is from the Jews. So you would think the Jews would be all about grace and mercy. They were, no, 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 no. You're talking about racism. You're talking about haters. You're talking about looking down your nose at someone else. That was the vibe the Jews had when they looked at the Gentiles. What's up with that? Seems like since... They were a carrier of this covenant. They wouldn't look down on people. Yet there was this wall. And this wall was a wall of war. Think about what's going on right now in our world. The conflict over in the Middle East. For thousands of years it's gone on. We've thrown our brightest minds at it. It ain't fixed. Still at war. Still harboring those, those hurts. And, so here we got Paul, a Jew, a decorated Jew, starting a church full of non-Jews, the church at Ephesus. Then you have Jesus being a Jew, dying, rising again, and you have people running around thinking, oh, Christianity is a Jewish thing, and for you to become a Christian, that's what they said. You know, back in the day, you're gonna have to take the marks physically of the covenant and actually become kind of a Jew. And, 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 and here's what happened. Simon Peter was praying one day. And God said, oh, it's not a Jewish thing. It's a people thing. He went out. He led Cornelius, Gentile, and his entire family to a personal relationship with Christ. The first Jewish, I mean, the first non-Jewish converts. Then on top of that, you've got, again, Paul, this, this, this Jew of all Jews, whose life was revolutionized by Christ, you have him ministering so many times in churches and in people's lives to those who were Gentiles. That is the long and winding road that takes us home. I'm gonna to talk to you about four things when it comes to peace, because we're talking about what? What? Peace, number one, the peace ban, the peace ban. Paul's like, I'm gonna show you guys and gals, I'm gonna show you, I wanna show you, uh, Gentiles, what your life was. 
until you woke up and smelled the coffee. Ephesians chapter two, 11 and 12, the peace ban. Therefore remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision. Again, that's the Jews looking down their noses at the Gentiles. Remember that at that time you were, say it with me. Say it with me. Separate, separate from Christ. Sin, as I said earlier, separates. It alienates. There's a wall due to sin. You were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship. He's talking about haters, foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Describing the Gentiles would be the word without. They were without citizenship, without covenant, without hope, and without God. They were homeless, hopeless, and helpless, without. Now, who in the world were the Jews to look down their noses at the Gentiles? Who in the world are you and me as Christians to look down our noses at those who are far away from God? I was at the gym where I work out recently, and someone said, oh yeah, there's a, there's a stripper right there. A girl, you know, a dancer, she's blah, blah, blah. They were kind of talking, you know, bad about her. And then someone else said, oh yeah, that, that guy there, man, he's, he's, a, he's a crook, man. He's a crook, I, I, I mean, he looks good, smells good, he's a crook, he's a crook. So the guy telling me this was not a believer. So if I'm not careful, I can go, whoa. Man, God's gonna have to really forgive them compared to me. Isn't that true? Whoa, I'm, I'm here, I, I'm a pastor. Look at the, no way, uh-uh, that's wrong. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. I've never locked eyes, you've never locked eyes that someone Jesus hasn't died for. Sin is sin, forgiveness is forgiveness. That girl is one prayer away from becoming a child of God. That guy, that reprobate, is one decision away from discovering the peace of God. So those of us who are Christians, oh, we stand for what we believe, we speak the truth in love, we welcome everyone in. We should never turn in to what these Jews were doing back in the day, looking down at people. Oh yeah. I got it, you don't. We're the white hats, you're the black hats. We're the Jews, you're the Gentiles. And I love what Paul says. Paul's like, I wanna talk to you about the, the, I mean, this is so much, there's so much hate here. This, this, like, this like pales in comparison. He knew it when he wrote this, compared to anything that you're dealing with or I'm dealing with. This hatred between the Jews and the Gentiles, yet we're gonna find out, yeah, there was a peace ban but check out the next part, the peace man. Jesus, the prince of peace, did something. God did something. But now in, let's say it together, Christ Jesus. In who? Christ. Yeah. You who were once far away. Again, sin separates. Doesn't matter if you've had one bad mood, one off day, one sin of omission or commission, one impure thought, one out of control burst of anger, the chasm between yourself and God caused by sin is much greater 
than the Grand Canyon. I just want you to understand that. So whether you are a stripper or a reprobate, a pastor or whatever, sin separates. God, though, sent Jesus to do what he did on the cross for all of our sins, for all of the world's sins, took it, rose again. Those of us who are in Christ, once we received the peace of God, we realize, whoa, I died with him, I was buried with him, I rose with him, and I'm seated with him at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. And that's, and that's a whole nother message. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go back to fellowshipchurch.com and listen to the other messages. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by what? By the blood of Jesus. As I said earlier, sin must have a payment. The blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace. Here's the definition of peace. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? I can tell you are. You can't wait, can you? It's right there. Okay, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, say it with me. One. That's the definition. One. Peace, one. What is peace? One. One. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Godhead, oneness. For this reason, a man shall leave his father, mother, and two shall become one. One, oneness, 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 oneness. And has destroyed the barrier. What, what, what does that mean? The dividing wall of hostility. What's that talking about? Let me, let me show you how bad the racism was back in the day. You go into the temple court, there was a four and a half foot wall separating the Jewish side from the Gentile side. And archaeologists have recently discovered signs that were posted on the wall that said, if you cross the wall, we're gonna kill you. That's serious hate. So now Paul's saying, do you realize what's happened? Yeah, you had the peace ban, but now you've met the peace man. Jesus obliterated the wall of hostility, the wall of sin, the wall of racism, the wall of alienation. He took it down, baby. That's what Paul's saying. So he's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to do what? Was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. So Jesus fulfilling the law, burying the curse, Jesus is the answer to our peace. So the peace ban and the peace man, yeah. And then, I'm gonna keep rhyming, the peace span. If it's good enough for hip hop artists, it's good enough like for us, right? In fact, the Bible, a lot of the Bible's written in the original language in rhyme anyway, that's a whole nother story. Ephesians 2, 16 through 18. The peace span, what do you mean? And in one body to reconcile, this word reconcile, to bring together again. As a believer, I'm sorry my nose runs, when I, when I put makeup on, I have to put makeup on because uh, these lights, and plus I had something taken off my right nostril uh, a couple days ago, and I'll tell you about that in a second. It's, it's kind of, it, it, it hurts, and it's, there's a, kind of a red spot. So my, for some reason this makeup makes my nose run. I don't know what the deal is. So anyway, reconcile means to make your nose run. No, it doesn't. It means 
to bring together again. That's what reconcile. So as a believer, I have, you have what? We have the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of oneness, the ministry of peace. I'm carriers of that. So that means I should work, again, peace is not passive, at reconciliation. Well, this person doesn't respect me. That's okay. I don't like this person. That's all right. The Bible says, as far as it depends on you, you do the work, I do the work, release the person. You don't have to like them. You don't have to give them a bro hug when you see them. You, you, you don't have to follow them. You don't. You, though, live at peace. But I'm gonna say something, peace is active. It's not easy. Try marriage on. I mean, those of us who are married, we have issues, don't we? Don't we? It's okay, yes. As I always say, it's all about PMS, power, money, and sex. Every marriage, those three issues, power, money, sex, that, those are the issues. And successful marriages understand the oneness and they navigate through it. To get to it, you gotta go through it. You have peace. You have work. You have reconciliation. As I was just praying and thinking about reconciliation, I thought about the cross. Because you have a vertical aspect of the cross, and then you've got the horizontal aspect. And as we are going to read, and as we have been reading, it says, and in one body, verse 16, to reconcile, to bring together again, both of them to God through the cross, okay? By which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Whoa. Let's just take marriage, for example. Those of you who are married, this will be good. It's good for me. Those of you who are thinking about married, marriage, this is good. And, and you might not think it's gonna happen, but it will. And then those who don't even have marriage on the radar screen, you need to know this now before you meet that special someone. Are you feeling me? Just nod your head. Yeah, I got you. Okay. So in marriage, you're going to have issues. And, you know, P-M-S, power, money, sex. When you have these issues, you're going to have strong opinions. You're going to have hostility. You're going to have walls, barriers, whatever. Sometimes you're asleep in, in, the, in the bed and you're way on your side and your spouse is way on, you know, the other side. There's a wall. Well, all I have to do because of oneness is think about, that thing's kind of fading here. Let me see. Okay. All I have to do is think about my relationship with God through Christ. What is it about? What is it about? It's about peace. So I think about that, peace sign, what God through Christ has done for me. I think about that, whoa! And I explain to you the peace plan. Genesis one through 11, Genesis 12 and following, 
explained to you the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the fact that we can respond to his peace plan, that, that, that everybody, every, 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 everybody is equal. It's a level playing field at the foot of the cross that, that, that Jesus wants us to have peace. So when I think about that, I'm like, whoa, I'm talking to myself, whoa, dude, man. When it comes to Lisa, because of the peace here, I, oh, wow, I, I need to, to, to take care of that and make peace and live in peace. Now, sometimes to get to that peace, you've got to go through some hostility, through the tunnel of chaos to get to the other side. It is worth it. We climb on the rungs of the ladder and this rung and that rung, one conflict, another conflict, another issue, another situation. And as we're doing that, we're drawing closer and closer to Jesus. So I want you to notice again, in marriage, vertical, horizontal, this beautiful collision. It also happens in friendships, dating relationships, parent-child situations. So in reality, we should be rushing to forgive, rushing to reconcile, rushing to have peace. I got 27 seconds left. Can I do it? I'm not sure. Oh, I can. Peace span, peace man, peace span, Jesus spanned it. Now, last one. I've said it already, but let me say it again. The peace plan, the peace plan. Say peace plan with me. Peace plan. What's the plan? Well, obviously, we've got the spirit of reconciliation. We see that. It's about peace. It's about experiencing the peace of God, walking in peace. It's about forgiveness. It's about all of that. But let's put some handles on the situation. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Consequently, you who are no longer foreigners and strangers. See, again, this is no longer Gentiles. Huh? Your fellow citizens citizenship, yeah, with God's people, and also members, membership of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You know what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the church. <laughs> yeah, the church. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are, let's say it together, being built together. Christianity is not a solo sport. It's not. Think about the one another's in scripture. One another, one another, one another. Pray for one another, serve one another, help one another, one another, one another, one another. That's the church. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of Christ will be taught and will be made known. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. We're a part of the body of Christ universally. And we're a part of a body of Christ. If you're not a member, if you're not active in a local church, there's no way you'll discover what God has for your life, for your marriage, for your dating relationship, for your friendship. It, it, it's not gonna be in the cards. I'll just tell you now, it's not going to happen. You can have a good life, an okay life, but not the ultimate. See this nostril, my, my right nostril. I mean, it hurts and it has some makeup. You can't really tell it, can you? Yeah, it is, ah, I mean, that hurt. Like tears coming out, you know, oh. I don't really think about my right nostril. Now I do, but normally I don't. I mean, 
Oh, how's my right nostril doing? <laughs> no. But my right nostril matters. You might be a right nostril in the body of Christ. You matter. You might be a fingernail. You could be a hand, I don't know. We all matter to God. And God has unique gifts and abilities that you can use and leverage here that no one else can do. So if you're not utilizing your giftedness, if I'm not utilizing my giftedness, the body of Christ is incomplete. So what are you waiting on? Well, man, this is a really big church. I know it's big. We have a big vision. We serve a big God. And we need a big bunch of people to do big things. We need you. We need you. So make sure you're a member of a church. If you're watching this somewhere online, if you're across the pond or wherever, join a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. But if you're here in this area, Miami or Dallas-Fort Worth, Salina Prosper, I don't think you'll find a church better than this one. I'm just saying. I'm biased. I know it. But I'm not seeing one like this. We need you. You know, I, I remember something as I, as, I, as I closed the Bible that I learned as a kid. You know, back when I was you know, young in the, in, the, in, the, in the 60s, you know, everybody was doing all this you know, hand signals and signs and stuff and everything. And I remember I went to this, to this camp. Dad took me. And, and, this, and this speaker did this thing. And he said, okay, when I, when I do this thing with my hands, you're gonna understand the gospel. Now I'm gonna teach this to you. Okay, do that. That's right, all the campuses. I, I can't see you, but yeah. yeah. Now do this. Now this, that. One time, boom, 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 boom. That's the gospel, here we go. One way, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? No one gets to the Father except by me. One way to the peace, right? We make peace with God. We have the peace of God through the power of the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's peace. One way to the peace through the power of the cross. Peace in my life. One way to the peace, through the power of the cross. Peace in my marriage, one way. To the peace, through the power of the cross. In my relationship with my kids, one way. To the peace, through the power of the cross. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for this, this uh, series about revolution about peace, about this long and winding road that you've shown us through your scripture. If there's someone here and you've never, ever, ever made the decision to receive Christ, you can make this decision right now. You might be in a situation that that lady found herself in that my friend was telling me about at the gym. You might be in a situation like that guy he was telling me about. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you have, what you don't have. Jesus loves you, he's crazy about you. He's not mad at you, he's madly in love with you. And he has done the work of peace. He lived, died, rose again. And you can make peace with God. He's made peace with you, you respond to it. He said peace, can you say peace back? Well, here's how you do it, just say to yourself, God, I admit to you that 
I've been at war with you. I've done my own thing my own way and there's a wall separating you and me. And I, I turn from my sin and turn to you, Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to take control of my life. I've tried this, I've tried that. Jesus, I wanna try you. You might be going, well, Ed, let me, let me come back in a couple weeks, then I'll do it. Let me, let, me, let me change some stuff, clean up some stuff. No, no, no. God wants to meet you right where you are. Jew, Gentile, Latin, Middle Eastern, whatever. None of us are purebred. None of us are. Jesus, though, wants to come into your life and touch your life. Just ask him. Others here need to join Fellowship Church. Or maybe another church you're watching somewhere else. Hey, we, we would love to have you as a part of us. You can't really have that growing relationship unless you're a living, breathing part of the body. Some of you need to join. Maybe others here, you, you, sort, of, you sort of show up now and then, but you're not really engaged and involved. It's your time. Others here, you need to realize, wow, today I'm a carrier of this reconciliation, a carrier of peace, and I'm gonna live it out. Ed. So God, we give this time to you because there's no one like you. And I thank you for this time together. We voice this prayer in the name that's above every name, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, our Lord.